Tonight we are kicking off our new study on discovering the identity of Jesus. Uh, this was something I was really excited about as it began to take shape over the summertime because as the introduction to your study guide there uh, will show you as you open it up, uh, the identity of Jesus is kind of a subject that has perplexed people uh, for generations. Uh, there is a lot that the Bible, particularly the New Testament, has to say about this person that history in the Bible call Jesus. Uh, there's a lot of names. There's a lot of titles, descriptions. And I wanted to spend a whole year unpacking some of those ideas. And the importance behind that is not just who is Jesus, but what does that then mean for my life? And really, that's what we're going to spend uh, a total of 20 weeks over the course of this uh, school year studying is not just who is Jesus, but what difference does that make for my life? And so hopefully, again, you've got those study guides there. I'd encourage you as you open those up, you're going to notice right when you open that study guide up, there's a spot for you to put your name. Please do that. That will make it so much easier so when these things get left behind, uh, I know who to uh, return them to. Um, You'll notice as you keep turning your study guide there, there's a little bit of an overview about where we're going to be going week in and week out. Uh, But this week, we are in week one, uh, where you're going to see John chapter one, verses one through 18. And because you didn't have your study guides last week, as we normally would the first week of the year, uh, you're just seeing them for the first time. I want to just do things a little bit different tonight, and we're going to do the first week lesson together so that you can feel a little bit more comfortable with how to do these. I know some of you have been here in recent years, and this is already a little familiar to you, but there's some slight changes and adjustments that we're going to be making uh, this year. So we're going to go through it together this evening, Uh, but one major difference that I want to draw your attention to is if you turn uh, to... Uh, John chapter 1 in your study guides here. So you're going to notice the the introduction page for that. It's going to look something like this. And if you turn the page over, you're going to have your Bible passage where it says John 1, 1 through 18. Yeah. Yep, you can. Absolutely. The other page is going to have these questions for you. But then if you turn it over one more to the very last page of that week's lesson, you're going to notice something different. Uh, At the very bottom, there is a section called memorize. Uh, We're going to do a little bit of a challenge this year, something that we haven't had you do in the past, but for many of you, you've come through Awana. You're familiar with this. Uh, But we want to challenge our students to keep uh, learning to store God's word in your heart uh, because there is great power in how the Lord uses that to transform our lives. So we're going to do a little bit of a challenge this year where we're going to encourage you to memorize scripture. And assuming you do so, uh, we'll have uh, at the end of each semester uh, a little bit of a, a gift and an incentive uh, for that. But the way it's going to work is on your attendance sheets that your uh, leaders have in your various small group rooms, uh, there's going to be a separate section where they can mark down your scripture uh, memorization. Uh, it's going to be a little confusing way of explaining it. Hopefully it's not going to be too bad. But the way it works is that whenever we have a week's lesson... Uh, You are going to be responsible of that week. You can memorize the verse and you can do it with your leader sometime that evening. Um, In order to keep things consistent so that you're not just memorizing that one verse that one week, you're going to be responsible for memorizing that week's verse plus the previous two weeks before that. So 
What that means is every week, assuming once we get to week three, you're going to be doing three verses at a time. So like by the time we get to week three, you're basically going to be saying week one, week two, and week three. By the time you get to week four, you're going to do week two, week three, week four. Makes sense? So you're doing that week plus the previous two so that you can have it multiple times. Okay? Memorize the references too. Yeah, absolutely. Memorize the references as well. It's not, it's not much. Actually, in fact, you know, I was joking with this, like with, with our girls. Uh, Awana has it even harder. <laughs> Their verses are longer, more intense. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of setting the bar low for you to start with because it's new, but I know that you all can do it. So that's going to be a little bit of a difference. If uh, the leaders or the students, you're confused about that, uh, just let me know. Again, it's the heart behind it. We want you to be faithful with it, uh, but we're going to do our best together as we navigate something new and challenge you. So that's going to be the case. So obviously you didn't have your Bible study guide this week, so you're not responsible for memorizing John uh, 1.14 this week. But that means next week you will be. So that one and for week two. So you'll technically have two verses that you would do next week, week one, and week two. So I'll make sure that leaders are clear on what that is. But um, that's the idea behind it is that you're memorizing, you're saying multiple verses typically each week. Make sense? All right. So what we're going to do then this week is we're going to walk through together uh, the opening passage that we're studying for uh, this year. Uh, I like this because this uh, one just feels very appropriate. The first, uh, I think it's first, what, seven, eight, a lot, uh, most of the ones that we're going to be doing this semester between now and the month of December are going to be focusing on the Gospel of John and particularly these I am statements that Jesus has uh, in relation to himself. We're not going to get to those until week three, but that's the, the path we're going. It's basically the first semester here is going to be all in the Gospel of John. But tonight we're going to look at the very opening verses. They should sound a little bit familiar to you. Uh, but here's what we're going to do. Uh, I'm going to invite you to uh, stand real quick. We're going to read that together, ask for God's favor, and then we're going to spend some time studying it together. Okay, so John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. John writes this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all may believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, but of the will of man nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. 
For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Christ Jesus. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. All right, go out of the seat. Let's pray real quick and ask uh, for God's blessing on our next 15, 20 minutes together, and then we'll get you to your groups. Uh, Father, we do thank you for tonight. Thank you for the privilege we have to study your word. Um, Father, this is a sweet privilege that uh, generations ago, uh, really, people did not necessarily have access to, and yet you have blessed us immensely. You have revealed who you are to us, and in particular, as we look at this semester, we are looking at how you have revealed yourself through your son, Jesus Christ. And so it is our prayer that this year you would give us humble hearts so that we would see with fresh eyes this uh, fascinating character who has turned the world upside down with his uh, teaching and his miracles and his influence. But Lord, uh, Jesus, as we're going to see, is far more than just a good teacher. He's far more than just a social influencer. He is far more than just a, a miracle worker. Uh, we're going to see how he is truly God himself, the Savior of the world, and that has profound implications on our lives. So we pray that you give us wisdom as we study together this evening. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. So like I said, the format tonight is going to look a little bit different because I'm going to help you as we study this together and try to better understand how to go through these guides. One thing you will notice, and hopefully you did already, is on that page that has the passage of, of a text. Uh, at the bottom, there are some study helps there because we recognize sometimes there are some uh, big words or people or uh, maybe even some cross-references, some other contexts that you need to know about. Those things will be noted at the bottom. Sometimes it'll ask you or redirect you to other parts of the Bible, which obviously this booklet is not going to help you with. But if you have, you know, your, your phone or your actual hard copy Bible, I would encourage you to, to go and follow along with that so you have a better idea. But the goal behind these study guides, and one of the things that I really like about them, is that they challenge you to try to learn how to study the Bible on your own. Now, let me ask you this question. How many of you are in school right now? Okay, pretty much all of you. Um, how many of you uh, are told that school is important? How many of you, uh, in the name of school being important, usually get assigned homework so that you can learn the material that you have been told is important? Perfect. Uh, how often does that happen as it relates to the church? How often do you get homework with church? Probably not very often, right? And yet, isn't it interesting that if we truly believe that the most important thing in our life is eternity, right? The state of your soul and the state of everyone's soul, doesn't it feel like that merits a little bit of effort, a little bit of time, and a little bit of trying to understand it better? That's the reason we're doing these is because we want you to put in the time, the effort, uh, because these things are of eternal significance for you. And honestly, 20, 30 minutes between this Wednesday and next Wednesday uh, will pay tremendous dividends going through uh, this material. And so it is a challenge to you so that you don't just show up and you just listen and just expect to 
to hear things and just try to glean from what other people are saying, but you actually yourself are trying to put forth some efforts. It's that old adage of you're going to get out of it what you put into it. And so myself, your, your small group leaders, we're going to keep encouraging you throughout this year. I mean, we're happy if you show up. Some weeks I get it. It might not happen. But do your best week in and week out to try to, to get something from this uh, during your personal time of study. So what we've done to help you with that, because some people are like, I don't even know how to study the Bible. I don't know where to start. Well, that's why these guides have been created, is to help you uh, better understand how to do the Bible study on your own. And so we're going to do that tonight. Um, I've asked a few questions on that right side of the page, and these are questions specifically geared that are very helpful that I've found in the past and other people have found in the past for better uncovering what the main point is. And really, that's the idea. When we come to the Bible, we want to understand what is the big idea. What does this mean? What is this helping me better understand? And since our whole study this semester is on who Jesus is, Every main point you're going to see on your various uh, passages throughout the year on that main point box at the bottom is going to give you uh, that beginning phrase, right? So tonight, as the Word of God, and really actually kind of mess it up, it should be really as the, uh, the Word made flesh, or we could even say just as the Word, Jesus what's. It's kind of that so what question. Obviously, the identity of Jesus is identified there. He is the Word but now we're going to try to better understand what that means. Why is that important? What's the significance? As the word, Jesus, blank. And we're going to help discover that based on some of these questions. So here's what we're going to do. Question number one there. Uh, it's uh, what is said about Jesus in this passage? Now, if you haven't made the connection yet, how do we know this passage is talking about Jesus, by the way? How do we know that? Does it ever say Jesus in the passage? Does it? I promise it's not a trick question. Does it? It does. Okay. What verse does it say it in? Verse. I'll give you a hint. It's not till the end. Verse 17, I heard somebody say. Yeah. Verse 17. It's kind of been a little, it's, the language at the beginning is a little vague. You're like, ah, I think this, it sounds like Jesus. There's a lot of things that make me think so. But it's not until verse 17 that John tells us here, grace and truth, and you're going to see that was repeated earlier, is this idea of connecting it to Jesus. This whole time it's been building up suspense to tell us that this person that, who has been explained here as the word is none other than Jesus. So the first question here is what is said about Jesus? Now that we know that this word that it's been talking about for all these verses is talking about Jesus, how is he described? What, is, what are some of the things you see in the passage that tell you about uh, Jesus? How is he described? Just throw them out there. There's a lot of things, so probably not going to be wrong if you throw something out there. What, what do we see about Jesus? How is he described? Hmm? He's the light. Okay, he's described as light. What else? The word. The word. Yes, that's that's fair. He's described as the word, and we're going to talk about that significance. Okay, what else? What's that? The son of God. Okay, the son. Yeah, the son of God. Yes. The creator. Oh man, we're going to talk about that some tonight and uh, later on this semester. We don't usually think about it that way, but it's saying that Jesus created 
Um, I kind of rack your brain a little bit. Maybe didn't think of it that way, but it says Jesus is creator. Okay, what else? The life, not just the light, but also the life. What else? What's that? Full of grace and truth. Excellent. Yes. Anything else? Not only was he the word, he's a word made flesh. So I went ahead and today I kind of pulled out some of those things about how it was described. So here's some of the things that as I was doing it that came up with, right? So what's said about Jesus? His word. Uh, at the beginning, he's closely associated with God, right? The word was with God. The word was God. Creator, life, life, full of grace and truth. Uh, he dwelt among people, right? So you got a lot of those things there, okay? So all these passages this year that you're going to be studying, you're going to be doing that, right? You're going to see what all is said about Jesus. Obviously, the, the name or the identity piece is going to be there, but what else is said that helps you better understand that, Okay. Question number two, I found this to be really, really helpful in the past for trying to understand the main point. Because a lot of times in the ancient culture, they didn't, when they were writing things, they didn't have, uh, they didn't have their typewriters, they didn't have bold or italics or underline. The way that you would draw emphasis to something is by repeating it over and over and over again. So what are some of the repeated words or phrases? What are the things you see that come up over and over again in this passage as you look at it? Light. Okay, yeah. We're going to see some of these words are going to repeat themselves again here. So light, absolutely. What else? Word. Word. Somebody else other than Caden over here. <laughs> yes. Darkness. Darkness, yeah. World. World. Okay, excellent. What else? Yeah. God, absolutely. Yeah. What is it? Witness. Witness. Yep. Word witnesses. Yep. Several times. Yep. What else? We have anything back there? No? What about the word? What's that? Light. Yep. God. All right. Yeah. Glory. Glory. Absolutely. What about phrases? Are there any phrases that are repeated multiple times? Not just words, but phrases. Yeah. Grace and truth. That phrase, grace and truth. Well done. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be a really important one for sure. What else? Any other phrases repeated? What about the one? Oh, you're going to say it? Oh, in the beginning, right? In the beginning. You see that twice, actually, in the first two verses there. In the beginning. By the way, what, is, what does that remind you of? Yeah, the very first verses of the Bible, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's kind of some similar language there, huh? All right, so very good. So absolutely, repeated words and phrases. I am positive I did not get all of them, but those are just kind of a summary as I went through this. It was enough to fill two columns, and so rather than trying to get everything there, that's a lot of stuff, right? John likes to repeat things. Uh, he, he loves to draw our attention to a lot of different details. All right. Now, the next one will be maybe an interesting one, but these texts are important about whether or not you see any specific commands, warnings, or promises. Does this passage present any of those? So when you think about a command, that's like an order to do something. When you think about a warning, that's obviously a, a caution against something. And a promise is, of course, an assurance 
uh, of an outcome or something will happen. Do we see any of those in this passage? Now, be, be clear, we don't want to force anything for sure, yeah. Okay. So what verse does that remind me? Um, five. Verse 5. All right. Yeah. Light shines in the darkness and darkness has not overcome it. So that's a little bit of a, it's a statement of fact, but also there is a little bit of a, you could almost say a little bit of a, a promise there to it for sure. What else? Anything else? Yeah, I think if there's anything, because I don't see, as I look through this, this one's going to be a little bit different than most, but I don't see any real commands being given. It's a lot of just statements of fact, but probably the closest thing we see to any type of command, warning, or promise is probably that last one, promise. And I think the Cajun's right. I think verse 12 is probably the closest thing to that, this idea that to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That one's pretty important to the Gospel of John, too, because John actually wrote his Gospel for that purpose. Uh, if you were to go to the very end of John's Gospel, in uh, John chapter 20, you would learn that the reason he wrote the Gospel, he says this, he says, these things have been written so that you would believe in the Son of God, and that by believing you may have eternal life in his name. And so that is significant, right? It's the reason... Jesus has come is so that we would believe in him. So, last part here to kind of summarize things up. Are we given the, the question of why are we given this information, right? That's kind of the so what question. This is all good and helpful and informative, but we want to start to see why do we have this information. So you're looking for statements of purpose, right? So words like because or so that usually give you a clue as to maybe why we have this information. Or those cause and effect words like therefore or since. Do we see anything like that that might give us a clue as to why this information has been given to us? We need to know that grace and truth comes from Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's verse 17, right? For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So that four there can definitely give us some sense into the purpose. Grace and truth have come through Jesus Christ, which is the first time we have been identified to the fact that this person is indeed Jesus that it's talking about. So that's good. Any other ones? So I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball here because the, the one that I see that might be the most helpful for us is not going to be the one that actually begins with any of these words. <laughs> You're like, uh, I'm already loopholing it, cheating you here. But notice verse 18. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. And if you look back over the course of everything that has happened for the first 17 verses, what is, what is John telling us about? In many ways, he's telling us about this one called Jesus and how Jesus has made God known to mankind. So, I mean, if you wanted to look at a couple of the, the why we're given this information, a lot of it doesn't come until the end here. 
verses 16, as we talked about verse 17, but even that last one there, verse 18, he has made him God known. So, what you're going to be doing each week is going through these questions. Notice that that was not requiring you to do anything outside of the Bible. That information was all there that you could do on your own, and you did a great job with that. Now becomes kind of that really fun part where you take all that information and you try to complete that sentence. As the word, or as the word of God, Jesus what? Jesus what? And you're going to try to help complete that idea of like what is the significance of Jesus being the word of God. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you two minutes to think about it. You don't have to talk with any of your neighbors, but I want you to think about, based on everything you see, how would you complete that sentence? And you can write out a couple different ideas, and I'll, I'll show you kind of what I got from it as well. But give you two minutes, think about it, and then we'll process that together. As the word of God, Jesus, you could even say Jesus does what? Jesus provides what? Again, this is the really fun and also important part because otherwise it just sounds really intellectual to say all this information, but we want to know why. Why? Why is this important? What is the big purpose behind this? Give me about another minute to think about it. Share. If somebody came up with one you want to throw out there, uh, oh, I hear just some ideas as you're trying to process it here. So, as the word of God, Jesus, what? Yeah, great. It's the source of life. Jesus is the source of life. Excellent. So, it draws in that idea of Jesus being life to, to the world. Excellent. What else? As the word of God, Jesus, what? Yes. It's salvation. Jesus is salvation. Okay, good. What else? Yeah. Ooh, offer shelter from the darkness. And now we got kind of the dark and the light thing working together here. Absolutely. What else? I saw another hand over here, I feel like. Oh, there you go. Uh, Jesus is the truth. Okay, so Jesus is the truth, right? So grace and truth, that idea together. I like it. What else? Any other options? Okay, Jesus came, yeah, as the word of God, Jesus came to give life to everyone who receives him. So that's really good because that encompasses kind of that purpose statement, right? So I really like that. That's great. So that's kind of those, putting those pieces together there. Well done, yeah. Any other ones? So hopefully you're getting an idea here, seeing how those things work together. So here's, here's a couple of the ones that I came up with, because here's the deal. It's fine if you want to write it a couple of different ways. Obviously you want to 
try to summarize as much as you can, but I can tell you even as a pastor, a lot of times when I'm coming to a main point of a passage, even for preaching a text on like Sunday, a lot of times I have multiple main points because I like the way they are worded differently, even though they compass a lot of the same thing. So here's a couple of the different ways that I put it. Uh, as the word of God, first of all, Jesus shows us what God is like, right? Because to me, that was the most broad encompassing of the idea because, man, this passage says a lot about him, doesn't it? He's powerful, right? He's the creator. He's light. He's gracious. He's full of truth. And as we think about what a word is, right? What do words do? Words help you communicate, right? You can't communicate. Well, I guess you can't communicate without words. It's more challenging. But words are foundational for communication. And so use that type of language to say, as the word, Jesus communicates God to us. By coming into the world, Jesus communicates what God is like to us. And then that last idea communicates that as well, right? As the word, Jesus reveals God to a world living in darkness. So kind of that, what God is like, the idea that he is light in a world that's full of darkness you, you see how all those ideas come together, right? And many of you did that. So well done tonight in just helping unpack that idea. And again, we did that in less than 30 minutes. And I slowed us down a lot on that because I asked a lot of questions. But that's what I'm going to be asking of you each week to do in your free time before you come. And I believe that you're going to get so much out of this, right? So tonight, as you go to your small groups, you're going to be maybe processing a little bit more uh, we didn't really get into the weeds of this passage, and that's okay, but some of the questions will help you tonight. But you're really going to start to unpack a little bit more. What does that really mean? That Jesus is the Word. That Jesus communicates who God is and what God is like to a dark world. So your leaders will help you process that a little bit more. Again, we won't go through all that stuff in the, the coming weeks whenever our uh, teachers are up here. But this helps you give, you give you a better idea what to do uh, throughout the week. And then come ready on Wednesday night, having studied it, having memorized a passage related to it, and ready to be humble and learn a little bit more about it. Okay? So let me pray and dismiss you to your groups. Uh, Father, again, we are thankful. Uh, and I am just uh, so grateful for this uh, group of students here. I do pray for, for humble, teachable hearts this year. Uh, that we would never be proud and boastful in our already understanding of Jesus, but that we would uh, truly desire to know more uh, and be anxious to receive those things from you, knowing that you are God who is gracious to reveal yourself. And we have already seen tonight that through Jesus, we get a better glimpse of who you are. So I pray that we would be encouraged by that, built up by that, and that it would stimulate us and, and spur us on towards a greater uh, love and commitment to our Savior. So we pray all these things in his name now. Amen.